Amen and amen. Hallelujah. We bless the Lord and we thank the Lord. Thank you, Sister, for Sister Rhoda, for the ministration again. That is so powerful. The reason we have this song, Rhoda ministered this song, it is for our spirit um, to embrace that noble quest and that noble desire to pursue God in experiential knowledge. In the song, it says, it is the cry of our heart to love you, Lord, and to live with the touch of your hand. Our prayer is that before we leave this retreat conference, these four days of fellowshipping in the spirit, there will be a greater longing and greater desire in our heart, a greater push in our hearts that this retreat will not only be for your mind that is gaining the knowledge of God in your mind, but primarily it will be in your heart. It would affect your heart and cause you to start to desire uh, uh, and, and crave, you understand? Crave, that is that experience of God in person, in personal fellowship, even more. I know we do crave it, and that is actually the driving force of our Christian lives. But I pray that it would be more, hallelujah, by the time all is done, that we will seek Jesus. We will long for Jesus. We would not, not long for him as in he should come because he's already here with us, but long as in, you know, desire fellowship with him all the time. Hallelujah. That God will continue to unveil and unravel himself to us through the scriptures, so that we may live with him. Hallelujah. In a way that glorifies his holy name. Amen and amen. Tonight, I want to speak to you from Philippians chapter number one. Our theme for the year is Philippians chapter number one, uh, verse 21. It says, for to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. These are the words of Paul. It was the conviction that Paul had come to. And he said that not in vacuum. He said it in a particular context. Hallelujah. And that is what we are going to review. I'm going to go ahead and start reading from chapter number, uh, uh, verse 1, chapter 1, verse 1. And we are going to see uh, what Paul was speaking about in context and content very well so that we can understand what he was actually speaking of. So if you do have your Bibles, please turn with me to Philippians chapter number one, and we are going to be reading from verse one. Hallelujah. We are going to go through systematically, and the Spirit of the Lord has given us understanding. Amen and amen. Somebody say with me, the Spirit of the Lord, you know, the Spirit of the Lord. has given me understanding. Has given me understanding. Tell me, nothing is a mystery to me. Nothing is a mystery to me. I receive insight. I receive insight. I receive revelation. I receive revelation. Tell me, my eyes behold the truth of God's word. My eyes behold the truth of God's word. My ears hear the voice of the Lord. My ears hear the voice of the Lord. Tell me, my spirit. My spirit. Discerns. 
deserves the leadings of the Holy Ghost. The leadings of the Holy Ghost. Tell me, I am not in the dark. I am not in the dark. Concerning the will of God for my life. Concerning the will of God for my life. The light of his knowledge. The light of his knowledge. Floods my life. Floods my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Listen, in as much as we think of God, you know, God being the loftiest idea any man could ever exercise his mind upon, we think of God as somebody who is so great, and indeed he is, to even use the word great is, is an understatement uh, uh, for God, because human words are not enough to capture the grandeur, you understand, of his person, uh, to, to capture the, the magnificence of his power and his glory. Human words are not enough, but at least um, God has blessed us with thoughts and words by which we can express uh, how we feel about things. And, and when it comes to our feelings after God, uh, they are nearly not enough, but you know they would suffice for our journey here on the earth. Amen and amen. They are not enough to describe who he is. He is so great beyond description. Hallelujah. So amen. much so that even when the prophets actually had a vision of him, for example, when Isaiah had his vision of God and he beheld the holiness of God, Isaiah immediately proclaimed, Woe is me, for I am undone. He said, I live among men of unclean lips, said Isaiah. And then when he got closer to God, to the throne of God, he began to describe God and his throne. Isaiah could not find the words to describe him. So he had to describe him using things like he has the appearance of, he is like unto. Hallelujah. Because the only thing he could relate it to is what he knows from the natural. But God is beyond that. Despite all this, God has chosen to reveal himself to us. What God wants us to know of him, he has chosen to reveal. So though we may not know God fully, and no man can, it would take us eternity to actually exhaust. Eternity is not even enough to exhaust all of who God is. What God would have us know of him, he has revealed it clearly to us. Amen and amen. In the person of his son, Jesus. That is why the Bible says, in the beginning was the word. John chapter number one. And the word was with God. And the word was God. The Bible says that, and the word became flesh. Mm. Hallelujah. It dwelt among us. That is, it tabernacled among us. And we beheld its glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. God chose to unveil himself fully in the person of his son, Jesus, so that we can know him. Now, even though we did not live in the days of Christ walking physically here on the earth, the revelation of who he is is captured for us in the spirit as revealed in the scriptures. So we can know God or we can know what he wants us to know of him in Christ. Hallelujah. And that is what I have, as I have said to you several times, 
the epistles are for. In the epistles, the Spirit of God through the apostles clearly, you know, Paul says, we use great plainness of speech. Nothing is in dark words like the prophets of old. Nothing is askia, as we say in the Greek, obscure in dark words. No, we use great plainness of speech because Christ has made all things plain and all things clear. Hallelujah. I see baby Oswald there. Heindel, baby Heindel, how are you? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. All things have been made plain. So in Christ, we have the perfect revelation of God. And not only of his person, his power, and his glory, also of his will for us. What God will have us to know of him concerning how he wants us to relate to him. It is very clear in Christ. So that we don't have to grope on in darkness trying to find out what does God demand of me or what does God want of me or how does God want me to relate to him. It is clearly revealed in Christ. Amen and amen. So we are actually without excuse. Hallelujah. Everything is made plain in Christ. And I love it when Jesus says, he says, unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. That means one of the great blessings we have in the kingdom of God is revelation. Revelation. What is revelation? Revelation is apocalypsis. To unveil, to uncover, to make known. That which was hidden is now revealed. So in Christ, that which was hidden to the fathers of old, that is who God is, is revealed. Jesus says, no one, no man had at any time seen God, but the son who was in the bosom of the father, he had declared him. Hallelujah. Jesus declares to us who the father is. In him, we see the kind of life father would have us live. Hallelujah. That is why I keep emphasizing all the time. We look no further than Jesus. We look away from all things unto Christ. Amen and amen. amen. Christ is the lens through which we see all things. And throughout this retreat, we are going to see more of that. So let's get to Philippians chapter number one, verse one, and look at what Paul is talking about here. Look at this. Reading from verse one, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, with the bishops and the deacons. Hallelujah. How many of you want to be bishops in the house of the Lord? How many of you want to be bishops in the house of the Lord? Yes, Felicia, you're going to be a bishop. A bishop, a bishop simply is an overseer. Hallelujah. Somebody who has oversight over the flock of God. And what kind of oversight do you exercise? Oversight by way of teaching, instructing, bringing the revelation of God's truth to them. A bishop is not a title by which you pride yourself in and walk around with your shoulders raised with long garments that nobody can touch. Hallelujah. A bishop simply is somebody who has responsibility for the flock of God. And his responsibility is feeding them the word of truth and training them in Christ. Amen and amen. So as you are being trained now, you are being trained to become a bishop. Soon you would also have people under you 
you are raising in the faith. Amen and amen. Amen. So not only Felicia is going to become a bishop, Alicia is going to become a bishop, Lorraine is going to become a bishop. Hallelujah. Get through. You'll be a bishop. Don't worry. Amen and amen. 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 And let me say this to you. Let me say this to you, ladies. Before the retreat ends, we are going to go through what is the woman's role in the house of the Lord. Let me tell you, nothing limits you from doing the work of the Lord. I know there are many things that have been said out there, trying to keep ladies to the side. You know, ladies can't do this, ladies can't do that. Hallelujah. In Christ Jesus, there is neither male nor female. That is the end of the matter. Somebody say, that is the end of the matter. That is the end of the matter. Hallelujah. In Christ Jesus, there is neither male nor female. The only thing is the Spirit of God indwelling you. And in the same Holy Ghost that dwells in Pastor Sam, it's the same Holy Ghost that dwells in Alicia. It's the same Holy Ghost that dwells in Sandra. The same Holy Ghost that dwells in Fumi. And it's the same Holy Ghost that dwelt in Christ and in Paul. What he did through Paul and what he did through Jesus and what he's doing through Pastor Sam, he will do through you also. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen and amen. There is no limitation. Your womanhood does not limit the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Hallelujah. To you ladies, I don't want to veer off course. Amen and amen. But let me tell you this. Your womanhood does not limit the work of the Holy Ghost in your life. As long as you become, you avail yourself as a vessel, the Holy Ghost will use you. The Holy Ghost will use you. Remember what we said, in a large house, there are many vessels. Someone to honor, someone to dishonor. Hallelujah. If a man shall purge himself from the latter, man used there in the generic sense. If a man shall purge himself from the latter, he shall become a vessel unto honor fit for the master's use. So the only qualification is, are you fit for the master's use? Hallelujah. Amen and amen. You are going to be used of God mightily. Hallelujah. Anyways, I don't want, I don't want to be distracted. Let's go on. Philippians chapter number one, looking at verse two, look at this. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. You notice this. Paul, in all his writings, reveals the fatherhood of God to the believers. He says, grace be unto you from God our Father. Do you know that it is only in the New Testament that, the, that, that God as Father is revealed unto us? None of the Old Testament, not even the patriarchs of old, refer to God as Father. But in Christ Jesus, that is the great blessing we have. Hallelujah. That's why John says, Behold, what manner of love is this, that we should be called the sons of God. John 1, 12, as many as received him, to them he gave power to be called the sons of God. People not born of flesh and blood, but people born of God. Hallelujah. In Christ, we have been awakened to the fatherhood of God. This is the great blessing, so that God is not a distant being, an abstract, mysterious, distant being I cannot relate to. God relates to us as Father. That means we take after Him. We learn of Him and we take after Him. That is why Paul instructs that, dearly beloved children, be ye imitators of God as dearly beloved children. Hallelujah. We imitate Him as our Father. Amen and amen. We are simply chips of the old block, as somebody would say. Amen and amen. All right, let's go for it. He says, in verse 3, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer 
of mine for you all, making requests with joy. Do you see this attitude of Paul? He was always remembering the believers in prayer and making requests for them with joy. That is why in faith generation, I seek to build the attitude of intercession for other believers. It should be your joy to intercede for the brethren. Hallelujah. Making requests for the brethren with joy. Amen and amen. Always interceding, remembering the, pray, the, the believers by name in prayer. It should be your joy. It, should, it shows that you are, you are graduating in the spirit. You are understanding the faith life. When you begin to give yourself to intercessions, supplications for the saints, hallelujah, where you are, not, you are not focused on just yourself, your prayers are just full of me, myself, and I. You graduate from there to the place where you are making mention of the believers in prayer, praying that they will stand perfect in God's will concerning, all, concerning their lives, praying that the grace of God will be supplied unto them. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Look at this. I'm just touching on a few things. I want us to get to uh, the main focus. It says, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ. Hallelujah. He which began the good work in you will perform it till the day of Christ. Now, this good work he's talking about, I know a lot of people abuse this very text of Scripture, especially when they take Scripture out of context. He's not talking about your house you are building back home in Ghana or back home in Nigeria or your house you have, you have bought a land somewhere in Georgia or Alabama or somewhere you are building your house. No, that's not the good work God will bring to completion. He's talking about what the Spirit of God is doing in your life maturing you in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Until you come. Remember, the Bible says that the purpose of the fivefold ministry is that till we all come to the unity of the faith, to the fullness of the stature of the measure of Christ. This is what the Spirit of God is doing in you. Amen and amen. That is the purpose of the Holy Ghost in your life. That you will come to the fullness of the stature of the measure of Christ. Hallelujah. So when you read the scripture, don't be thinking about those things. Hallelujah. Be renewed in your mind. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Let's go on. He says, he would, he would perform it until the day of Christ. I love that. That means that God is committed to working on us and he will never give up on us. Somebody say to me, God will never give up on me. God will never give up on me. Up on me. Hallelujah. You are too precious a possession of his for him to give up on you. The price he paid on Calvary for you is too great for him to just let you go, for him to just let sin take you over, for him to just let the devil take you away. You are too precious in the sight of God. Why? Because of the price that was paid for you. Not with corruptible things, but the incorruptible shed blood of Christ Jesus himself was paid for you. That is your value in the sight of God. So God is committed to accomplishing his work inside of you. Hallelujah. That is bringing you to the fullness of the stature of the measure of the Christ. Amen and amen. Look at verse 7. Even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my, in my heart. Oh, I love this by Paul. He had the believers in his heart. Listen, it says, 
Inasmuch as both in my bonds and in, my, in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye all are partakers of my grace. For God is my, is my witness, how greatly I long for you all in bowels of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. The word judgment there is discernment, perception. He says that, that your love would abound more and more in knowledge. Listen, we are perfected in the love of God through knowledge. That is why I keep saying knowledge is of great premium in the faith. You cannot ignore the knowledge of God in the scriptures. Men claim they love God. How can you love God? You can only love God as you receive the knowledge of what his will is for your life and walk according to it. Amen and amen. So not love is abound or is made perfect through knowledge. So the man who claims to love God and does not go after the knowledge of God in the scriptures is actually deceiving himself. He says that your love would abound more and more in knowledge. In knowledge. Listen to what Paul says. He says he bears record of, of his brethren, the Israelites, that they have zeal of God. Where does zeal come from? Zeal comes from love and passion. Do you know somebody can love someone? He's so passionate. Out of that love, he becomes so passionate about, about that particular thing. But passion without knowledge is like a train without tracks. You're, you're going to crash. Hallelujah. Your love for God will be perfected through knowledge. Through knowledge. So you should always esteem greatly the knowledge of God. As we have gathered here, we are receiving the knowledge of God through his scriptures. This is where you should pay attention. Remember what Jesus said concerning Mary. When he went to Mary and Martha's house, Martha was encumbered by so many things. They would not listen to Jesus whilst Jesus was teaching. But Mary sat herself at the feet of Jesus. doesn't necessarily mean that she went to sit down rightly at the feet of Jesus. It simply means that Mary was listening, paying attention to Christ. Hallelujah. Mary was incumbent. She came to complain about Mary to Jesus. Martha was incumbent, came to complain about Mary to Jesus. What did Jesus say? He said, Martha, Martha, you were incumbent about so many things. Sometimes we think we love God so much. I want to do this for him. I want to do that for God. I want to do this for him. But what did Jesus say? Mary has chosen the good portion and it will not be taken away from him. What God wants for you is to pay attention to his word. He says, I know you love me. The only way your love would abound yet more and more and be perfected is through my knowledge. How would that knowledge come to you through the scripture? So pay attention, pay close attention to the teaching of the word of God. Hallelujah. Don't let your love go you know, just carry you anywhere to start doing this because I love God, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do this. No, if you love God, you pay attention to his word. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Look at this, verse 10. That ye may approve things that are excellent. I love this, Shadabakayas. But more and more in knowledge and in judgment, that is discernment, that ye may approve things that are excellent. You see, in the faith, there are things that are good and there are things that are right in the faith. And yes, still, there are things that are excellent. Hallelujah. 
I said, in the faith, there are things that are good. There are things that are right. And there are things that are excellent. And as you gain the knowledge of God, your discernment increases or deepens so that by the Spirit of God, you are able to discern and approve of excellent things. Approve of excellent things means be able to make right judgment as to what is more excellent. Hallelujah. So that you walk in the excellent way. Amen and amen. You walk in the excellent way. What is the excellent way? Remember, Paul says that, uh, Paul says, uh, these three abide, faith, hope, and love. But love is the greatest of them all. Hallelujah. Paul says, yet show are you a more excellent way. Then he goes on to talk about love. Hallelujah. As you grow in the knowledge of God, your love for God will deepen because love is the excellent way. You'll be able to approve, discern, make better judgment on that which reveals and unveils the love of God through you. Knowledge, knowledge, it is of great premium in the faith. Hallelujah. We cannot overemphasize it. Look at this. Um, that ye may be ye may be sincere and without offense to the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Christ Jesus, unto knowledge, unto, unto the glory and praise of God. Hallelujah. What would knowledge do for you again? It would fill you with the fruits of righteousness. You have the righteous life of God in you. But through knowledge, you would bear fruit according to that righteous life. There are many believers. Every believer has the righteous life of God in him. That is what we call eternal life. You have it. John says, these things I write unto you that you may know that you have eternal life. Eternal life is not something you're going to receive in the by and by, in the sweet by and by. The day you received Christ, you received eternal life. Hallelujah. Now, this life in Christ is called the righteous life in Christ. You will bear fruit according to this life through knowledge. Through knowledge, you would be able to live the righteous life to the, full, to the fullest. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. That is what it means when Jesus says, that uh, Jesus said, the thief comes not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. It simply is to have it to the full. When he talks about having life more abundantly, don't let people deceive you into thinking it means, you know, having my car, having my house, having my this. No, life more abundantly is having the life to the full, the life of Christ to the full. What is the fullness of that life? Bearing fruit. After that life, fruit after righteousness, that my life is showing forth or bearing fruit after righteousness, giving testimony of the righteous life of God in me. Hallelujah. Let's continue here. So that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all, all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word of God without fear. Some indeed preach Christ, even of, of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preach Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add to my affliction and to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. Hallelujah. Then Paul says, What then? Nothing, not, notwithstanding, every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. 
and I daring do rejoice. Yea, and will rejoice. Hallelujah. What is Paul talking about here? There are many people who are preaching Christ from the wrong motives. Listen, you can use all the Christian jargon you want. You can know, you can know all hermeneutics, homiletics, and preach, preach Christ, preach the gospel, use all the right words and everything. But you're doing it from the wrong motive. Hallelujah. From the wrong motives, from the wrong desires. Paul says some preach Christ out of pretense. They were preaching Christ out of pretense. And some also preach out of love. But Paul says, whether out of pretense or out of love, I rejoice that Christ is preached. This is what Paul, uh, Jesus talks about. Uh, Paul talks about somewhere that, you know, there are many who would preach and in the end, they themselves will become a castaway. Why? Because they preach not out of the right motive. That is why you, you hear me say all the time, let everything you do in the faith, not only preaching, every single thing be done out of love. Not for a selfish gain. I'm doing this so that God will do this for me. Let all things you do be done out of love. That is what has eternal value. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. But Paul rejoiced irrespective. So we can look around and there may be a lot of false teachers around using the name of Christ for their own gain, building their own empires. But for us, we simply rejoice that Christ is preached. That's the most important thing. Amen and amen. He says, For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. At the time, Paul was in bonds. He was in prison. And he was saying that through the prayers of the saints and the supply of the Spirit of Christ, it shall turn to his salvation. Amen and amen. Then in verse 20, he says, According to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed. Listen, this is the crux of it. But that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. Paul was in chains. He stood in jeopardy of death every day for the sake of the gospel. But listen to what Paul is saying. According to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall, I shall, in nothing I shall be ashamed. That is Paul saying that I will not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I will not be ashamed of what I suffer, I suffer for his namesake. I will not be ashamed when it comes to anything that has to do with Christ or the faith. Amen and amen, or the ministry. Hallelujah. But what was his goal? So now also Christ shall be magnified. He says, as always, so now also that Christ shall be magnified in my body. The goal of Paul, Paul understood the goal of the faith. Was the goal of the faith that Christ will be magnified in my body? Why did Paul choose, choose to use the word body there? Why did Paul not say Christ to be magnified in my life? Which will probably be the same thing. But he chose body there, the word body there to show to us that our journey or our pilgrimage here on this earth, in this flesh, the goal of our Christian faith is that Christ will be honored in our lives. Christ will be magnified, exalted, glorified in every single thing we do in the flesh. Hallelujah. That 
is the goal of the faith. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter number 2, verse 9, but we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people set apart to display the virtues and perfections of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen and amen. You understand that the goal of the Christian faith is that Christ will be magnified in my life. That Christ would be magnified in my life. And let me say this to you. Christ is not magnified in your life in material things. Like a lot of people use material things to show as proof of their faith. To them, oh, God will bless me to prove to my enemies that this and this and that. Listen to me. Take, that, is, that is baby Christianity. Take those things. God is not, God, God, God is not sold by your pettiness. God is not into your pettiness. Oh, God bless me so that my enemies will know. Listen, God is not, he's, he's not in the business of doing that. Hallelujah. That enemy you are talking about, he's also about to bless. Amen and amen. You understand? God doesn't carry your petty squabbles. The person, you Amen. Think, the person you think you don't like, it doesn't mean God doesn't like the person, even if the person is an unbeliever. The person may be persecuting you, but God loves him, and God wants him saved. Hallelujah. So be renewed in your thinking. So when we talk about Christ being magnified in your life, it is not in material things. Hallelujah. Christ being magnified. How was Paul? Look at Paul. Was Paul a rich man? No. Am I saying riches is not good? That's not what I'm saying. Paul did not have riches. He didn't have a fleet of ships or cars or whatever. He, he didn't have all those things. Even the degrees Paul had, what we would call academic degrees, because Paul had studied under Gamaliel. Paul had, you know, he had studied in the school of the Pharisees. So when he listed his credentials, he listed them all in Philippians. We will see that later. But he says, all these things that are gained to me account by loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. Everything in the flesh Paul could glory in, he counted as loss. That means Christ is not glorified through those things. But sadly, there are many believers who think that way. That is why they set their heart to pursue these things as the goal of their Christian faith. Christ is glorified in your life as you follow the leading of the Spirit. We'll see that. Listen to look at I don't want to go out of myself. It says, So now, as all also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Hallelujah. For to me, to live is Christ. The sum total of my existence is the glory of Christ. My life reveals Christ. Whether by death or life, whether in sufferings, whether in trials, whether in temptations, whether having plenty or lacking, it doesn't matter the situation I have. That's why Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When whether I have or I don't have, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That means no matter the situation I find myself in life, my life brings glory to Christ. Hallelujah. And that is where the belief, our, our understanding must be. To bring glory to Christ in our lives. Amen and amen. 
Hallelujah. Somebody, you know, sometimes you hear, <laughs> you hear preachers say certain things that you understand that, listen, they have not properly studied. Hallelujah. You, you simply understand that they've not properly studied. They make certain statements that seem as if if somebody lacks the goods of this life, you know, Christ is not glorified in their life or God is not honored in their life. So they want to rub shoulders with the people who have acquired goods of this life. So if you go to their services, I tell you this, they use people like Bill Gates, Oprah Winfrey, the rich people of this world to make examples all the time. But most of these people are unbelievers. They don't even care about the Christ you are preaching. I'm not saying all rich people are unbelievers or people who have these goods. No. But they're unbelievers. Some of them, and they proclaim, they are, some of them claim they are atheists. Hallelujah. How do you use unbelievers as example for spirit men? It doesn't matter the kind of parallels you try, you try to draw. There's nothing like that. Did you ever see Paul using Caesar as an example for Christ or example for things in the faith? Hallelujah. No. We must always project Christ to believers, irrespective of situations you find yourself in, whether by life or by death. That means it doesn't matter where I am in life. My life ought to bring glory to Christ. Sometimes through your endurance, you are glorifying Christ. Hallelujah. Through your perseverance, you are glorifying Christ. Amen and amen. The life that glorifies Christ is the spirit life. The life of faith. The life of prayer. The life of giving. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. We'll explore that even further in this conference. Listen to Paul. So now as always, that Christ shall be magnified in my life. That Christ shall be magnified in my life. That means that Christ is my legacy. When men speak of me, even when I am dead and gone, they will speak of the Christ I projected to the world through my deeds, my actions, and my words, and the way I lived. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. For to me to live is Christ. This is a conviction. Paul says, for to me. This is Paul's personal words. So we also have to choose our own words. He says, for to me. He says, my understanding of the Christian life is this. To live is Christ. To live is Christ. To live is Christ. The meaning of life is Christ Jesus. Christ is my goal. Christ is my passion. Christ is my desire. Hallelujah. Christ is my motivation. Christ is my everything. Amen and amen. He is my peace. He is my joy. He is my everything. To me, to live is Christ. And to die is gain. Why? Because when I die, I'm in his presence. It is gain for me. Shadow say. There are certain things that men count as loss, but it is gain for us. That is why Paul could say, all these things I count but loss. The things men glory in, I count but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. Do you see it? The excellency of the knowledge. You see, remember he had said that 
that your love may abound more and more in love, that you may approve of excellent things. How did Paul approve of the knowledge of Christ as excellent? How did Paul approve of that? Because he had gained a revelation in Christ. So what did he do? He began to count all those things in the flesh that he could glory in as lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus is Lord. Brethren, what do you count as excellent in your life? Is it the knowledge of Christ? Hallelujah. What is Christ to you? And who is Christ to you? We know he is your Lord. Somebody will even say he's my personal savior. There's nothing like that in the Bible, that Christ is my personal savior. You don't find that rendering anywhere in the Bible. But we've become so accustomed to it. Amen and amen. <laughs> Jesus is the savior of the world. He's not your personal savior. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen and amen. But he is your Lord. That means he owns you. How does he express his lordship? In your heart by the spirit of God in you. How do you respond to his lordship? By yielding to the Holy Spirit through his word. And in that manner, Christ is glorified in your life. Our goal must be to follow the leading of the Spirit of God in our hearts all the time through His Word and by glory to His name. For to me, to live is Christ. To die is gain. Paul is saying, I am even willing to lay down my life for Christ because it is gain. I've not lost anything if I die for Christ. As I go about this ministry work, knowing that I'm in jeopardy of death every day. The Jews are seeking my life. Hallelujah. Every day they are seeking my life. They are seeking to, do you know that 50 Jew, Jewish men decide, they swore by themselves that they will not eat nor drink until they kill Paul. That was the danger Paul was in for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of Christ. But Paul said that, listen, those things, they are gain for me. One time Paul, as Paul was going to Jerusalem, the prophet Agabus took a belt and wound it around himself and says that the man who owns this belt is going to face persecution and trouble in Jerusalem. Paul says that I'm not only ready to suffer for him in Jerusalem, I am also ready to die. Hallelujah. If any of us, let's say faith generation, we are going on a, we are going on a mission trip to any country or any place and then we receive a prophetic word that when we go there, we are going to suffer trouble, blah, 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 blah. Immediately, we will start advising ourselves that, you know what, maybe it is not God's will for us to go. Let's wait. Anytime a prophetic word comes that does not really sound very good for us. Listen, you are going to be tried. You are going to go through this. When you go here, immediately say, maybe God doesn't want me to go. No. The leadings of God does not necessarily take you through comfort. He is glorified through our sufferings. Not the sufferings we bring upon ourselves by our ignorance. Hallelujah. Not the sufferings we bring upon ourselves by our ignorance, our wrong decisions, and our wrong actions. Amen and amen. He is glorified in us as we follow his leading, even when he takes us through paths of trials, temptations, persecutions, sufferings, and all, all kinds. Because to us, they are gain for our light affliction, brethren. 
is working for us a far more exceeding weight of glory. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Somebody say with me, for to me to live is Christ. For to me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. And to die is gain. Say with me again, for to me to live is Christ. For to me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. And to die, and to die. Amen. amen and amen. Lift up your voice and begin to give praise to God. We brought the meeting to an end. Lift up your voice, begin to give praise to God. Oh, God begin to thank God for the word that has come to you. 